in the early days when we were growing You Can Book Me and it was happening really fast, I used to, my analogy was, um, it was like landing a plane in the dark every six months. <laughs> I'm hoping that you kind of basically managed to predict it right. You know, get used to the journey because yeah. actually most of your experience of building this tool or business or product is, and it's a cliche, but it is about that journey. It's not about landing on the ground. Um, it's not about the, the massive exit or about some kind of, I, I succeeded. How your journey ends is not necessarily your experience halfway through. And I think that for any entrepreneur, you need to be alive and intentional about every week and everything that you do. You need to be able to say, yes, I'm enjoying this. This is good. Rather than I'm sacrificing for the sake of something I think I'm going to get. Because it, you might not get it, or even if you do get it, it might happen, it might take 20 years. So I think you need to be prepared to invest. Nailing your culture, knowing who you are, and making sure that when people join you, that remote company isn't the same as working from home. What it is, is it's actually a, a way of working which requires autonomy and trust. And to be too honest, it, it does mean that, you know, if you love bouncing around um, an office, chatting to a million people all the day and being, and being an extrovert, and that's how you love to work, probably remote working is not going to suit you. So when we hire, we hire for a remote first person. And so remote changes an awful lot about the way we choose to grow our company. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. This is our 60th episode of 14 Minutes of SaaS, the conclusion of our chat with Bridget Harris. She digs a little bit more into her experiences and knowledge around building, empowering and motivating distributed teams. She explains how You Can Book Me got into some of their growth verticals and marquee customers. Bridget also uses her academic background in classical antiquity to beautifully illustrate a point about how entrepreneurs need to stay in the moment and keep moving forward with positive intent and not get too distracted by past failures, current laurels or future possibilities. Now, um, you hire remote employees, yes. which brings its own challenges. Um, what's the one or two top tips you'd give to companies doing that these days? So the, the things, the, the biggest experience, um, the, the, big, the top tips would be that remote isn't just like an afterthought. It's not like a convenient thing to do just to hire better people. You actually hire different kinds of workers um, who want to work for a remote company. And that, and again, we've been having some really good conversations with huge remote teams here, like I was talking to um, David from Hotjar oh, yesterday. Sure. Interviewed him today. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> There's 40 of them now, and, and one of the things I'm really interested in is, you can book me as 15 people. How are we gonna grow to 40 people? How do you get to, you know, somewhere like Automatic, you know, WordPress's uh, uh, a parent company that, um, they have about 500 people and you have to go all in and yeah. I think me and David were agreeing you can't do hybrid you can't have a, a mothership and then yeah. some peripatetic people around he, he has an incredible focus on culture and he spoke highly yes. of you as well actually Bridget. oh that's nice he mentioned you very warmly but culture is the is the Getting your key. culture right, nailing your culture, knowing who you are and making sure that when people join you, that remote company isn't the same as working from home. What it is, is it's actually a, a way of working which requires autonomy and trust. And to be too honest, it, it, it does mean that, you know, if you love 
bouncing around um, an office, chatting to a million people all the day and being, and being an extrovert, and that's how you love to work, you, probably remote working is not going to suit you. So when we hire, we hire for a remote first person. And so remote changes an awful lot about the way we choose to grow our company. Brilliant. Um, you are in the top right-hand corner of GT Crowd's online appointment scheduling quadrant. It's one, it's one of the selectors I use amongst many um, when, when, I, when I look for the valuable time uh, from amazing founders. Now, uh, you're number one for satisfaction, the most important thing really. Um, you can book me versus Calendly. Yes, uh, controversial. Which, which is better? <laughs> um, and why? <laughs> I'm sure Calendly is better than you can book me on, on many things. Actually, one of the things you get used to in the online appointment scheduling world is there's like 150 of us. And um, often people will come to us from Calendly because we do something that Calendly don't. Equally, somebody will say, well, I'm leaving you can book me because I'm going to schedule once or I'm going to a pointless or I'm going to, you know, all of these other great, great tools because there'll be something very specific about the way they like to manage their schedule that we do or that they don't or whatever. Um, in terms of Calendly, they, what they've done for the whole um, uh, sort of group of software tools, if you like, is they've done a really great job in spreading the word about the utility of great. online scheduling. I'd say uh, people, um, you know, yesterday I was talking about the fact that we're proud of the fact that we're uh, top of the tree on G2 Crowd. And I think the reasons why people love You Can Book Me is because we're very customizable. We're very, it's a very personal and customizable experience for the customer. And, you know, I'm sure you can do something like that with Calendly, but it's, I, I know that's why people love You Can Book Me. Now, you've got marquee customers like Box and Cycly, uh, Shopify, yeah. Rovio, amazing customers. But how did you initially get traction, presumably with smaller guys? Um, yes, that's a very good question. Well, actually, we sort of, we, it was a bit of a sneaky, sneaky way of doing it, really. So I'm not saying necessarily this is repeatable, but we, we actually built another tool called When Is Good, which is, a, is an... <laughs> It's an aggregate scheduler, which I know sounds ridiculous, but it's a bit like a Doodle or something, one of those kind of tools that, that finds a time when a group of people can meet. We built When Is Good, and it's still there today. People love When Is Good, but it's a free tool. wasn't making us any money. Um, and um, what we found was that people were trying to use When Is Good slots uh, for mutually exclusive time. So they're basically trying to use it as a, as a scheduler, as a booking tool. So eight years ago, we built... Um, a booking tool on top of Google Calendar, which looked a bit like when is good, but essentially it was doing the job that You Can Book Me does today. And, and so we were able to market You Can Book Me off the back of what was already, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that were using when is good. So we did have a bit of a, a bouncy, a bouncy start essentially to propel us. And then of course, as, as I said before, online scheduling begets booking, bookings beget bookings. So we're, we're, in, a, we're in a nice world. So it's a very horizontal application, which means you've got a big market yeah. and everyone can benefit from it. But nevertheless, a vertical focus is usually a good thing to build a bridgehead at the beginning. Yes. Um, I noticed you're quite big in the education space. Did that just happen or did you design that? So um, it, it, didn't, it, it sort of just happened in the sense that when we built the bookings tool, we imagined it was going to be used for small businesses. That was originally what we thought, because that's where our revenue was coming from. Um, what actually happened was we benefited a huge amount from Google Apps for Education that all the school districts in America and universities have been adopting and, and, um, and still do. So um, in the university and education sector in schools um, in America, they would use You Can Book Me for parent-teacher conferences, which was a massive growth channel for us. They would use us for um, you know, professor-student um, uh, bookings, that kind of thing. 
So we used to give that, that software away for free to everybody, and that helped us grow. So it was one of our, our growth channels, our marketing channels. Um, I think about a third of people who use You Can Book Me um, are in the university sector. And again, they absolutely love You Can Book Me. And it's one of those things where we get a lot of love from you know, school district secretaries in you know, Wisconsin or something who use You Can Book Me. Um, and uh, we, we're, we're very proud of that. But our, our kind of major vertical sector that we focus on are the, sh- the, bo- the, the I was going to say the Boxifies, the Boxes, Shopify, these big companies, sure. which I would call B2B2B. So their, their, their customers are also um, uh, business customers and they're booking us, they're using us for customer success, onboarding, sales, recruitment, that kind of B2B um, interaction where you're not charging for your time, but you just, where time is precious basically and you just need to get the scheduling in the diary as quickly as possible. Describe Brexit in less than 10 words. Um, oh my goodness, that's just too depressing, Stephen. Um, what kind of a circus are you running here? Okay, that's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman once said, an entrepreneur is someone who jumps off a cliff and builds a plane on the way down. If you could pass on one piece of advice or two pieces of advice to someone looking to become an entrepreneur, what would you say to them? Um, I think, yeah, that's a funny analogy. I used to, I, when, when we, in the early days when we were growing You Can Book Me and it was happening really fast, I used to, my analogy was, um, it was like landing a plane in the dark every six months. <laughs> I'm hoping that you kind of basically managed to predict it right. I think that um, the one of the, it wasn't exactly a mistake, but it was a, it was a, it was a mis, misconstrued assumption is that you think it's all going to be over in two years. You, you, you know, when people would buy two-year upgrades on You Can Book Me, I just could not believe you know, that they would have that much trust in my tool that seemed to be thinking longer term than I was thinking about my tool because somehow we would pivot or flip or sell or you know, move to Tanzania before then. I just couldn't think long term because you're stuck in the weeds and in the day-to-day. And I think I would say to any entrepreneur that's sort of thinking about jumping out of the plane, that's great, but make sure you have a parachute, make sure you pack lunch, make sure you've ordered food for next week. You know, basically it's a long way down. You know, get used to the journey because actually most of your experience of building this tool or business or product is, and it's a cliche, but it is about that journey. It's not about landing on the ground. Um, it's not about the, the massive exit or about some kind of, I, I succeeded. And Solon has this, actually, Solon in ancient history uh, was saying to Croesus, the king of Lydia, um, who was asking, like, who's the happiest or who's the most successful person? And Solon refused to say it was it was uh, the king of Croesus because he was still alive and he hadn't finished his journey yet. Because obviously we have this expression, king of, uh, um, as rich as Croesus. But of course, after Solon went off, the Persians came, invaded uh, Lydia, and Croesus was nearly burned at the stake. And at the end of that, Croesus said, oh, I know what Solon meant now. <laughs> it's essentially, it's, it's like how you end, how your journey ends is not necessarily your experience halfway through. And I think that for any entrepreneur, you need to be alive and intentional about every week and everything that you do. You need to be able to say, yes, I'm enjoying this. This is good. Rather than I'm sacrificing for the sake of something I think I'm going to get. Because it, you might not get it, or even if you do get it, it might happen, it might take 20 years. So I think you need to be prepared to invest. Great advice. Be in the moment. It's more sustainable and and embrace what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, Final question for you, Bridget. What's the one quality that you have, do you believe, that's helped you succeed in politics and now as an entrepreneur? 
Um, I <laughs> anybody who knows me listen to this will laugh because I because I think this is this is true, which is I think I'm a very strategic thinker. Um, so I think I'm you know I'm I'm good at a lot of things, but I think the things where I can see. Um, success on any of the careers I've done it's because I've been able to think strategically and understand where I'm trying to get to and then work out the tactics of how to get there um, and I think that's really really helped me and I think that that's again helped me think about a more longer term vision for You Can Book Me because of because of an ability and, 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 and there's great strategic thinkers out there that can also help you get better at thinking strategically but I think you have to be able to think strategically to do, to do what I do. Bridget Harris Listening to you is like a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for giving us an interview for 40 Minutes of SAS here in Sastock. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. In the next episode, we meet Martin Henk. He grew up in a small place in Estonia and ultimately became co-founder and former CPO, Chief Product Officer, of a certain well-known rocket ship known as Pipe Drive. He talks about the importance of product validation as early as possible and about how entrepreneurs and product builders need to stay focused and clear and avoid distractions. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Ketsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. Mm -hmm.